0: Hello, and welcome to the Magical Learning Podcast for this week. This week, we talk to Penny Terry about the topic, how to be 10 times more interesting every day. It's a really fun conversation. We have a lot of laughs, and we learn some really interesting stories, not only about Penny, but also about Alan. So stay tuned, enjoy, and have a magical week. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Magical Learning Podcast for this week. Uh, This is a very exciting one because this is the first time I think we've done two podcasts in a day. So I'm going to have to mix up my first question. Um, and so, uh, usually I ask how everyone's week's been, but um, and I will save that one for you, Penny. Penny, we will check in on how your week has been, but um, let's uh, let's check in with the team. What have you been watching recently? Has there been anything that you've been watching recently that you want to recommend? I'm going to start with you, John. Um, John, anything that you've been <laughs> watching? This is recently? based on our previous career, early conversation. That's it. Pre-podcast chat. Um, Anything good?
1: Yeah, oh, this working from home is wonderful. Um, foo bar. I'd recommend as a leave your brain at the door any sports thing it's it's terrible it's really terrible but it's very popular shit's Creek would have to be another one um Brooklyn 99 so yes I'm I'm into all the intellectual shows at the moment they're uh, really empowering me <gasps>
0: Look, I mean, you know, we, we do hear a lot about um sort of, you know, uh, interesting uh, and, you know, TED Talks and stuff like that. So it is good to break it up with a, a foobar every now and then, you know. Uh, <laughs> so great suggestion there, John. Um, Danette, have you been watching anything or reading anything recently?
2: Oh, it is. I have been watching the last episode of TED Lasso. Oh, such a good episode. Uh, It was over an hour. It was awesome. And I am reading a book, which I will do a book review on shortly, called Imaginable by Jane McGonnell, which is about how future um, proof your thinking. And it is great. She's got some really good practical tips. So loving that book at the moment. It is awesome. And between the last podcast and this one, I went out the back and the chooks had laid two eggs. So winning today
0: that's pretty good (laughs) great work dinette um al are you watching anything or uh consuming any content at the moment yes
3: one that's i guess challenging me is uh, on disney plus is limitless with chris hemsworth and that's where i'm finding out why all these crazy people do things like having ice baths and fasting which i guess i had no interest in before but after watching the show i'm realizing there is method behind that
0: and um, uh, P- Penny, Al has done some ice baths recently and uh, stuff. So I feel like, Al, you could be our little, you're our Chris Hemsworth Limitless uh, <laughs> correspondent for this podcast. <laughs> I'm getting nervous, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Graham, is there anything that you've been uh, consuming recently uh, content-wise That's uh, that's been good? Uh,
4: <clears throat> not sure where... John got his uh review on, on Foobar. Um we watched the first eleven and a half minutes of the first episode and then went outside and watched the grass grow. Um so no, just uh watching uh guinea fowl and chickens amuse themselves and terrify themselves all at the same time. I have left a note with the chickens, um despite the fact that they left two eggs this morning. We had them for lunch, so they're now back to square one. So like lift your game. Um other than that you know not really anything exciting
0: fair enough fair enough i love that we've got some contrasting views there on FUBA. um I
4: did say it was
1: rubbish.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah you did it's
1: absolutely it's absolutely terrible
4: <laughs> but yep. it's got army so you know
1: he doesn't he's, no, no. <laughs> it's
4: the worst thing that ever happened seriously if we could go back sorry We'll, we'll get through this in a minute but if we could go back to uh what was it uh, i don't know 1763 when the first terminator movie like a script was written and oh. somebody just accidentally spilled like liquid paper all over the i'll be back thing then he wouldn't
1: yes yeah i'll get rid of conan the barbarian his first movie that was horrible
4: but he had a big sword so it sort of compensates
1: <laughs> it's not the size that matters i've been tell. hey well, actually, Moving on. Yeah. Well, Moving um
0: on. Penny, you've actually jumped in on a great episode of Arnie Watch where we it's actually this is this podcast is purely about Arnold Schwarzenegger, so uh you've come on at a great time.
5: This is obviously where people get cancelled or otherwise. So <laughs> you're cancelling Arnie. I think people have tried for years, uh, but now it's happening. You know, I did watch the trailer last night. Um I can't even remember what's it called? What's the name of the thing? I just Booba. went Booba. Which is problematic, isn't it? I, yeah. But I was like, I watched the trial and I thought, oh, that seems okay. And then I went, it's not going to be okay, is it? No, nope, he should have stayed in the 90s. It's not going to be okay. He, he's 90s, he's got 90s energy. I went, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well there we go we've got we've got three takes on FUBA. i bet none of our listeners were expecting that so that's beautiful stuff uh i also like this podcast It's probably coming out about four or five weeks after we're recording this so that it'd be totally irrelevant information <laughs> uh, which is great stuff um but anyway penny how has your week been and have you been watching anything uh
5: i too watch ted lasso um oh, and it is that you yeah, you build these relationships with people don't you and then they leave your life and you're like, what, what, that's not fair. That's not fair. I feel like I've got this parasocial relationship with you, Ted. I'm still sure that that's why Ted Talks are called Ted Talks, because they're after you. Um, I know the other one came first, but I'm sure. Uh, you know, I have been known to Google the best lines from Ted Lasso to try and use in a keynote. And then you notice it's like one of the top things Googled, and I'm like, I shouldn't do that. <laughs> that's a big cliche. <laughs> Everyone else is him. using them
4: penny i wonder whether he'd be better off maybe using some of roy kent's lines I,
5: I, well, I, strangely enough now i'm not on the radio i do drop a bit more roy kent language um these days but he is a brilliant character isn't he oh my gosh i uh i love him and when you see the actor in real life how different they are it just blows blows my brain but no i've been watching that um, loved it. There's been a lot of commentary. I can't help watching things and Googling what other people are saying about them at the same time. And there's been a lot of commentary that they've been trying too hard this season. Will it come back? Um, I've been trying to ignore that and just enjoy it. Yes, Danette's got her fingers crossed, correct. But then this week has been pretty good. It's actually been quite uh, laid back, some time to think this week. And this morning I went out and I met someone in the Kmart car park which I realize sounds really dodgy, someone that I don't know. And we exchanged uh, two bat caves and 14 superhero figurines, which makes me sound like one of those people that collects them, which by the way, I love those people because they are interesting. But I was actually making the first Facebook marketplace sale for my eight-year-old son. Um, We're cleaning out the house. So yeah, that was pretty good. It's been a good day.
4: Nice, nice way to bring your eight-year-old son into this just to make you seem
0: a little bit more normal, Penny.
4: I
5: like it. (laughs) That's what, isn't that why we have kids? I don't know. I think so.
0: (laughs) What a a great introduction and, uh, you know, that is an interesting thing to say and we'll get into interesting topics shortly, Um, but I did want to, I love that we've laid all that out and there may be people that are being introduced to you for the first time, so outside of selling bat caves and toys on Facebook marketplace. Um, <laughs> do you tell us a little bit about yourself and, um, and yeah, for people that are being introduced to you for the first time.
5: <laughs> the judgment, I can feel it. The judgment is heavy. Um, so I live in Tasmania, Jez, I am coming to you today from the country of the Palawa and Pakana people here in Lutruwita, Tasmania, um, in a place which is called Kalamaluca, which we know as Launceston, just near the Tamar River. And I grew up here, of course, like a lot of Tasmanians, I flew the coop for a little while and then I moved back and I grew up on a farm. And when you're on the farm, I used to go back to, you know, earn money all the time in the school holidays. Uh, the ABC is on all the time. Um, I'm sure it is in lots of parts of Australia, but particularly in rural and regional Australia, because quite often it's the only radio station that you have. And I actually went to university and studied media studies, just because I didn't know what I was going to do and that sounded like it would be fun Um, and I just was continuing my learning and I remember being in the car um, well, in the ute on the farm with dad, I think we were doing some fencing or something and the door was open while we were fencing in the freezing cold in the middle of winter in Tasmania and the radio was on. And I remember thinking, ah, oh, I could probably do that. I think, I'm, I think I'm qualified to do that. And then being so Tasmanian, we went down to the beach over summer and I was with a really good friend of mine and he had his new girlfriend with him who worked at the ABC. Um, and I was like, oh, I've been meaning to give them a call <laughs> to see if I could come and do some work experience. Anyway, she gave me the manager's number. And I remember ringing him for weeks and weeks and weeks and he didn't get back to me. I'm like, that is so rude. Uh, I'm not getting anywhere here. It looks like farming's gonna be my career for a little while. And then um he finally got back to me and he said, sorry I've been late getting back to you. We've just had these two guys stuck down a mine um for two weeks in Beaconsfield here in Tasmania and how little I knew about the media industry at that stage, about how big a story that was. No wonder he didn't get back. Me anyway, eventually he did. I started at the ABC. I went to a, a few different places around Australia and I was there for 10 years. So, my background is as an ABC radio presenter. Um, I then um, left, and my sister and I started a business called Healthy Tasmania. And what we do is, um, Lucy often, Lucy, my sister, often describes it as we're a bit like um, the builder's product, No More Gaps. Um, so you know, there's a lot of people that need support and there's a lot of people out there who can support them but they often can't find each other and so we jump in the middle and we expand out um, and we do whatever that might be in the middle a lot of the stuff that i do is around communication knowing your value selling your story and in fact while we're on the metaphors a client said to me a little while ago now i was working with her one-on-one in a mentoring capacity and she goes penny you know what you're a little bit like a tv remote And i said what i'm a radio person don't say i'm like a tv remote she goes, what you do is you manage to turn people's value up so they can turn their volume down, finally stop yelling. Um, and I think that's kind of what I do is I help people understand what is interesting about them, what their value is about them so that other people can make sense of it and it's easier to understand. So yeah, I'm a, I, I'm a trainer, I'm a mentor, I'm a speaker, I'm a podcaster, um, but it's all around storytelling and helping other people understand um, what their value is or what their organis- organization's value is or what their value is as a leader um, and helping them share that with other people.
0: Wow, what a great... Uh, that was an amazing story, um, Penny. So, it's so interesting. I love that it started with a freezing cold day with the door open, fencing, and you're like, I've got to be in a studio somewhere.
5: Uh, <laughs> 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 totally, totally. And you know what? When When you're fencing in Tasmania in the middle of winter and I grew up in a place called Fingor which is notoriously on the news every night the weather for being the coldest place between it and Laiwini for anyone from Tasmania who's listening um if you are trying to you know do some hammering when you're fencing and you miss and you get your finger your hand which I did a lot as a teenager you can't use that hand again for 15 minutes while it defrosts um so yeah I had to get I had to get good at fencing quickly
0: Well, that's uh, amazing stuff, Penny. Uh, amazing to hear that whole story and uh, we're so happy to have you on today. And um, I'm sure people have read the title of this episode, but I think you chose such an amazing topic, which is based off what you're saying right at the end there, which was how to be 10 times more interesting every day. What a great topic. So do you want to tell us a little bit about how you chose this topic?
5: Yeah, look, I think, um, I think probably the easiest way to explain it, Jez, is that quite often in fact all the time i would interview people um on the ABC or people that i work with now or people that i'm interviewing for my podcast and it's like they are so so interesting like what they know is so so interesting but they are simultaneously so so boring (laughs) as they're trying to explain what it is that they know and what is interesting about them, and I think that happens for all sorts of reasons. Um, we've sort of been trained to try and be as boring as we can be, um, particularly in you know the corporate world when we become professionals and we go into our jobs. There are so many people that have got such great stuff to say, but other people can't pick up what they're putting down because of the because of the delivery. And um, for about three years when I was at the ABC, I had. Like the best job the best job ever and i don't not just here at the abc in tasmania i think the abc in the whole of australia um i was doing a program which is the afternoon program where it's not very news heavy not usually into politics you'd call it a magazine show and we took it on the road so we did about um 30 or 40 outside broadcasts a year at that time most programs did about three and so our our sort of process was we wouldn't do much work beforehand, not much planning. Um, we'd work out where we were going to broad, uh, broadcast from. Then we'd arrive in a town at eight thirty in the morning, and we had to have a show to put to air at two o'clock. And so my job was to go door knocking, like literally, and find the interesting stories to tell. <clears throat> and um, I. Remember, we arrived in this town called Chudley, population of about 150 people. And we were broadcasting just down the road in a place called Mole Creek, which I I think, again, population, maybe 80 people. So small. We ran out of towns. We had to do speed limits at the end here in Tassie. So anyway, I didn't know much about Chudley, but I think we'd arrived at 8.30 and we'd gone to visit the post office or it might have been the butcher. They were usually our go-to to tell us who in the town we should go and talk to and i rocked up to this house and i knocked on the door um and this lady called enid answered and there i was with my microphone and i said my usual spiel hi enid my name's penny from the abc we're broadcasting from just down the road today and i'm wondering if i could interview you quickly about your life here in chudley like can you imagine someone doing that to you at eight thirty in the morning in your tiny town how weird that would be yeah anyway that was kind of my job but as quick as a flash she looked at me and she said why would you want to interview me? I've got nothing interesting to say. Now, I heard that all the time. Um, All the time, people would say that. And so I kind of dismissed it and I said, oh, Enid, why why don't we just go and have a cup of tea and we'll work that out. And so I walked down her hallway, my producer was following me, Andrea, and we sat down in the kitchen. She had a couple of friends around, so there was about five of us around this table. And if I needed any evidence of how interesting Enid's stories were, when I listened back to the recording, Every time she paused, you could hear the fridge buzzing in the background like we were silent. we were hanging off her every word. Anyway, so we did the interview. we walked back down the hallway and I was carrying on saying, "Oh make sure you tune in at two o'clock, tell your friends to listen. you won't be on about 20 past. I'll put your um, your interview on a CD and put it in the mail. It was a while ago when we used CDs. And I remember I, I turned around to thank her and she looked at me and she said, "I am pretty interesting, aren't I?" And I was like, yes, you are interesting. And so what I realised is that most people, in fact, I've interviewed more than 20,000 people. None of them were boring, but most of them had forgotten why they're interesting. And I guess what I see my job is, is being that person to remind them why they're interesting um and I think we all need someone like that in our lives wouldn't it be good if we just had someone following us around behind us saying oh that was interesting did you say uh, yeah they were interested in that yeah that was good <laughs> so yeah that's that's kind of why I like talking about it because it's really validating and affirming for people to realize that their stuff is interesting to other people so long as they are brave enough to present it in the right way
0: wow uh, amazing. Well, Penny, what that was what a great story. I feel like I could have heard my fridge buzzing um as you were <laughs> describing <laughs> that one.
5: That's just uh, the mic's. <laughs> that's just the
0: microphones. <laughs> um also well, I might uh start today's uh questions with Graham. So Graham, what was your question and why'd you pick it?
4: Um thanks, Jess. Looking at the, the questions in the chat, I'm I'm realising now that I picked it because Danette had already written it. So yeah, that's <laughs> that's um, it's a good start. Excellent. Hi Penny. Um,
5: Hi Graham. <laughs> Go I tend, for it. It. Open I pool, tend to open Whatever question you want.
4: Yeah. Look. Um, do you do any coaching with sporting clubs in terms of being able to build, improve performance? <laughs> Doesn't <laughs> matter. Know. We haven't got time for that. Doesn't matter. Um, you know what? Actually, while
5: you're on it, Graham, I'm going to answer that. Um, what I would like you to do is next time you are watching a sports broadcast listen to the question that the sports reporter asks the player after the game okay because it's never a question um so one of the things that i talk about a lot is about how we can ask better questions and just because you mentioned it um, at the end they always go oh yeah it was a really tough game wasn't it i could see that you were really working really hard in the middle not a question statement and then the player goes oh yeah yeah like it's just it's really interesting when you watch how um we kind of have this etiquette or this way that we work in different industries and what's accepted and what's not accepted like that wouldn't work in other places but it does in sport anyway yeah. sorry
4: no no Went that's okay. thank ball. you um sadly <laughs> I, I never get to watch the interviews at the end of the game because I'm normally just curled up in a ball in the corner um crying <laughs> Sobbing uncontrollably. <laughs> so, um, I tend to take some of these things like quite literally. And, and when Jez sent the uh, the email around saying that the the topic was like how to be ten times more interesting mm. every day, um, I just my literal brain kicked in and said, "What the?" Um, mm. So I went and, and I went in the bathroom and looked in the mirror and, and same question, like how? Yeah. You know, so when yeah. you get to the peak, like how did, how can you ten times perfection? so luckily um i wasn't really looking at myself i am curious to know um, but i think you've already sort of answered the question so the question was sort of like why is it important for us to be more interesting um right now on planet earth
5: well if we go back to the arnold schwarzenegger thing uh the robots is why right now so i think it's important always but why it's important right now is because of the robots up until very recently, it has been valuable for us to be just able to share information. Um, Someone who could share information or curate information was valuable. Um, But if we're moving into a future that's gonna be driven by AI services, um, who've read way more than us and can spit out information way quicker and better than us, then we can't just be doing that. Um, Being information sharers is no longer what people want and it's not gonna be value so are valuable so i think what the ai bots whatever we want to call them can't do as well as we can um is be interesting and i know this because i keep challenging chat gpt to be better and to be more interesting and i give it all the prompts and it's hopeless um in fact the other day i challenged uh chat GPT to write me and i said an interesting and creative opening for my podcast script. And do you know how it started hello it and welcome a... to the podcast that's how it started and i was like we why because 80 percent of podcasts start that way but it's not innovative or creative or interesting so I we've was, still got that
4: sorry i was waiting for it it was a dark and stormy night on, <laughs> on my podcast or something but there you go um, not even
5: that creative no yeah. yeah so robots is the first reason i think graham it's more yep. important now than it's ever been um I think the second reason though too is because we are so overwhelmed by information Mm. um information is not the problem our attention is so we're so overwhelmed that we don't know where to put our attention and if somebody can help us work that out um, and work out what we should be paying attention to now um that would be great and then even when we do know where to look um all the research will tell us that our attention spans are broken And we don't know how to keep paying attention to it. So we need to be interesting enough to be able to keep people maintaining their interest in us. Because if we are leaders, team members, project managers, people who need to get other people to listen to our stuff and our ideas, if we want to be able to make the change that we want to be able to make the change in or the way we want to do it, um, I think we need to work harder to get people to be interested in our ideas and pay attention to us. Um, We need to work harder than we ever have. Again, because of the robots, because of the internet, I'll blame them for everything. You um, we as well. Yeah, may as well. They as well. don't have feelings, do they, as far as I know?
4: Uh, we could ask Arnie. Okay. <laughs> By <laughs> yeah, the I'm way, uh, Mr. Schwarzenegger, I know you, you are listening because you listen to our podcast mm. a lot. Um, we're just kidding. Please don't yep. kill me.
5: It's actually, this is actually, AI generated this whole thing. Isn't a real conversation. Um, But the other thing, I'm just going to finish that up. I think the third reason why it's important now is because I can't think of a better way to say it, but the dodgy people are really good at this. So the people who don't necessarily have good information to share are really good at making what they do have to share interesting. So we pay attention. And so what I want is the smart people to get good at it too, to get better at it so that we can get good and important information out in the world because we 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 get i think we've confused serious with boring in our world mm. um so anything that's kind of serious we make really boring because we've got to be very serious about it um i actually think the opposite i think if it's important let's make it interesting um and we don't we don't and i think we can do better
4: love it thank you thank you uh, so much. the work is done
0: <laughs> and Arnie if you do want to do a press tour for FUBAR season two please uh contact us um <laughs> so um, I might jump on to Danette's question now Danette uh, you did also have a bonus question you got two questions here so uh tell us what was your question why'd you pick it
2: so I um picked what stops people from being interesting but I'm actually really curious about you know when you were talking there Penny about serious being confused with boring and how important it is to get that interesting message across what makes things interesting for people's brains
5: that is a great question um I might throw it back to you dinette what an annoying tactic of a guest to do but, um, I love it. You know, um I mean I I think that if I ask anyone are you as interesting as you could be at work every day Um, the answer is no and so if I was to ask you what what makes things interesting to you when do you lean in when when are those moments
2: they're when they're um, unique when it's something that I'm learning more about the person and who they really are Mm. I sing when I'm teaching government finance to make it interesting I love that. Sing badly, but it doesn't matter. People remember the message. So it's I really like that idea because I totally agree that the dodgy people are good at this already. And we do need the smart people to think about how do I make this interesting instead of just boring. Because when it is important, we do want the world to hear about it and, and be able to take that in rather than getting distracted. Does that help?
5: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that idea of doing something different um, is really, really important. Like I often say that there are three things that we can do um, that makes us more interesting, if you like. Um, And the first one is pretty simple. It's to be interested, to learn continuously. And I think, I've lost count of how many people have said that before in quotes and it's because it's true. I think when we learn continuously, then we have this kind of, well, I think we call it growth mindset now, don't we? Um, We're open to new possibilities and we we care about what's going on around us. But I think one of the problems why we don't do that is because we get stuck in routines. Um, We just kind of do the same thing all the time and that's because the information is overwhelming. So I think one of the things that we can do to help us be interested, and curious is to take control of the info that's coming into us Um, so that is simple things like who are we following on social media who's showing up in our feeds how long since you did a bit of a curation on that Uh, do it like why don't you take five minutes and ask someone what their favorite podcast is and why you should listen to it and make sure you're following those particular ones have a look at the books that are on your bedside table do you want to look at those so we can curate the information that's coming in We can also curate our activities as well what are we doing who are we talking to what are we learning about so i think it's really simple stuff that we're so busy we don't find time for but i think if we did we'd realize that we'd have more time i think the other thing that we can do is to um so be interest be interested the next one is be in tune so this is learn the commonalities Um, Often when I'm working with people who, um, quite often working with leaders who need to talk publicly about things and they want to, sometimes media training, they want to learn how to be, you know, more interesting, if you like. And the first thing that they're worried about is they want to sound like they know what they're talking about. So that's that be interested bit. The next thing that they want to, that they worry about is not sounding like a dickhead, which I totally understand, right? They, they don't want to sound stupid and they don't want to sound tone deaf is what they're on about. don't want to say something that they shouldn't and so the best thing about being in tune is you can't be tone deaf like it's impossible um, if you're in tune so learning the commonalities with the people that we're working with the people that we're talking with Um, and i think the best way to do that is to be a better interviewer Um, maybe i'm a bit biased but i sort of have this lens that we we're just doing interview after interview every day uh, every time that we talk with people and if we're not then our life isn't as interesting as it should be. Can you imagine if we approached every conversation as an interview um, where we were trying to find out things about people um, and learn those commonalities that we have between them? So be interested, be in tune. And the third one, be innovative, break the template. We have so many templates in our life, literal ones uh, that we might use on Canva, uh, but then also the metaphorical ones of, you know, the routines that we follow and how things are done around here have to do things a certain way um i think the antidote to boring is to break the template and do things differently sit somewhere else talk to someone new create a new way and just see what happens um i, I really that that. Make things more interesting yeah
2: i often have conversations with taxi um, and uber drivers and they always have the most interesting stories and it's extraordinary how often they say not many people actually talk to them i'm like Why wouldn't you? Because you can learn so much. I love that. Great answer.
5: Thank you. Yeah, what an opportunity. I wanted to make a whole podcast once of just talking to taxi drivers. Um, This was before Uber came out. I just thought that would be incredible. Just spend a day going from taxi to taxi to taxi to taxi. Just imagine what you'd come back with. I then wanted to do one with truck drivers. Um, Anyway, you can see what happens with my brain. (laughs) I want to learn all the things all the time. I love
2: that. Love it, love it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. And I just sort of a name for that taxi one. It could have been called Fair Enough, but fair spelled oh like my... it gosh. Uh, something like that anyway. Hang um... on.
5: Can we copyright patent something <laughs> right do, now? Let's yes. do it. Uh... <laughs> um, all
0: right. Um, I might throw to John now. John, what was your question?
1: So, Penny, my question comes from one of my favourite movies, which should have got an Academy Award, but Pixar doesn't get those for Best Actor because it was The Incredibles. And yeah, yeah. there's a line in the Incredibles down the track when the supervillain goes, you know, I, I want to make everyone a, a superhero, and when everyone's super, nobody will be. So likewise, when everyone's interesting, will anyone be interesting? And then how do we stand out? I mean, and I get that you've, you've given us three three ideas there, but yeah, how do we how do we stand out if everyone's standing out.
5: Yeah, I think that this is a trap that we fall into that it's about standing out um and I don't know if it is okay. I remember um one of the most interesting days that I have had at work ever was when I did a live broadcast from the women's prison in Tasmania I also did one from the men's prison but I did one from the women's prison and going in I really thought about a lot of things I thought about um, victim impact. So the people who were listening on the outside, who were the victims of these crimes, how would they be feeling um, going in and talking to these women? Um, oh, I was thinking about how to keep myself safe. What is okay to ask? What isn't okay to ask? Those kind of things. But I, I was really thinking about what my audience would want to know. And I really thought that they would want to know about how the inmates were feeling about being in there and what they'd done. Um, and I, I, that's what I thought. Anyway, we went in. Um, the people who shared their stories were were incredible. It was, a, it was a equally tough and interesting day, and complex and nuanced, and all of the things that you would expect that it would be. But what people said to me afterwards, so the audience was. Oh, my God. And how about that bit where you asked them about where they got their haircuts? That was amazing. And the stuff that they ate in the in the kitchen and how they made their food. And then, you know, what they wear um, and how they do washing like it was just this everyday stuff that we were interested in. So I particularly talk about this in storytelling, John, that I think when we ask someone to tell their story, they expect that they've got to have this big, huge story to tell to be able to make people interested where I think the interesting is in the everyday. So if we can make those everyday things that connect us, that we actually share interesting, I think, I think that's what makes you interesting. I don't think we're trying to stand out. I think we're trying to um, create experience in that moment um, that connects kind of thing. I don't know if that feels like a bit of a cop out answer or not, um, John, but yeah, I don't think it's, um, And you know it's kind of scary putting up this topic and then coming on and feeling like i need to be really interesting because that's what we (laughs) that's i can't be boring on this one um that's what we think it means and there is that saying um that if you're the most interesting person in the room you're in the wrong room um and that's because we want to be around interesting people right because interesting people make us feel good but if you think about the person that you think is really interesting and you like hanging out with I bet you they're not someone who's done something crazy and outlandish and, and weird. They're just mm-hmm. probably an ordinary person who's interested in you and things around them.
1: Okay. So there's hope for all of us, yeah. <laughs> yeah
5: that's what I'm banking on. That is what I'm banking on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Love it, awesome. Um, Thanks for that, uh, John and Penny. Um, I might go to Alan now. Alan, what was your question and uh, why'd you pick it?
3: Oh, hi, Penny. My question is coming from uh, one of my father's friends that I used to see once or twice a year at the children's birthday parties and we'd sort of end up sitting there just making small talk and he wasn't the most interesting guy. And at his funeral, I heard stories about how he stole a train. And I thought, wow, why did I not ask those questions? Which sort of leads me to my question today, how how can we discover the interesting stories in other people?
5: Hang on a real train or a I mean, toy train
3: no it was it was back in time a little bit it was a steam train he stole it in June and drove it to Wagga, unlocked the door to let the engine driver out and they ran away
5: okay so we have um already come up with a podcast idea that is a movie script that is that <laughs> is incredible can you imagine the stolen train. That is amazing. Um, I just
3: wanted to ask that guy all about that story. And I thought I had so many opportunities and didn't even know that story existed.
5: So I've got a, a, couple, of, a couple of stories which are similar, Alan. Um, and, you know, I know it sounds like a cliche, but I think everyone's interesting. Um, mm-hmm. And I wonder how many times in the last week we've all asked the question, so what's been happening? I think we ask it all the time um and i was really mindful of that question in particular over the last summer holidays because uh, i asked it thousands of times but i realized there was only one answer that i remembered um just after christmas i caught up with an old friend who i hadn't seen for ages and i said to her so what's been happening and she looked at me and she said i hate that question because i always feel like i've got nothing interesting to say And that kind of hits you in the face, doesn't it? You know, that pressure of having to have enough going on in our lives that we can draw from to answer that question. But we also have to have worked out which bits will be interesting to that other person, and then we need to deliver it in an engaging way. And it's just a really mean question. It's sort of like the impossible ask of everyday etiquette, but we do it all the time. And I mean, if you can quickly have a a story or something really great to answer that question, great, do it. And that is often what I teach people how to do um but what I think the real question is is whose responsibility is it to make conversations interesting is it the question answerer, or is it the question asker and I reckon we put the pressure the expectation and then the blame firmly on the answerer and I wonder if you did this a bit with your with your dad's friend Um, Because I mean, if you just picture it, we're at that birthday party, we're uh, asked a question, we're a little bit bored by the answer. So then we decide that the person is boring, not worth our time or worth our business or whatever. Um, And when I say it like that, it's really easy to hear the ego coming through, isn't it? It Um, Yet if we think about it, that person's probably been taught their whole life not to big note themselves, not to talk about themselves too much and all of those things that, you know, those social cues that we get implicitly and explicitly, we've been trained not to share anything that is interesting about us. Um, so I like to think, what if it was actually up to the question asker to make mm-hmm. conversations interesting? What if it was our job to build the skills to ask better questions? Because I think usually boring answers reflect unremarkable questions. Um, So, and I mean, one that we get all the time, how much do we hate the question? So what do you do for work? (laughs) Like it's a horrendous question. Um, Not that long ago, I was lucky enough to go and uh, be a guest presenter on a retreat for a group of executive women up in Palm Cove. It was a pretty good gig. And um, the night before they had a networking night and was where we got to meet people. And I remember going up to this person um, and her name was Jane. And I said, oh, hi, Jane, so what do you do? Me being the really boring question asker. And she goes, oh, well, I'm the manager of quality control at some big accounting firm somewhere. And I looked at her and I went, oh, okay. And she goes, no, people always do that when I tell them what they do because they think my job's really boring, but it's not, it's really interesting. And I was like, oh, Jane, it's not that I think your job's boring. It's just, I've got no idea what it means. So therefore mm. I've got no more questions to ask you. <laughs> so, and we do that all the time. So, you know, this is the other side of it as the question answerer, we also need to give people somewhere to go, don't we? So they've got some more questions to to ask. So, yeah, I think there's a couple of ways to think about it. I think that the responsibility is on both people in the conversation um, to make things unboring. Mm. I love that idea, Penny. And I can relate to asking those
3: boring questions. Do you have an example of something to start the more interesting questions like, have you ever stolen a train in your life?
5: (laughs) No, (laughs) it wasn't on the list. It now firmly is. Um, (laughs) Have you ever stolen a train before? Oh, look, I, I don't know in the everyday. In the everyday. I mean, there's a lot of people that you can go to and they're like, what's the best thing that you did today? And I think some of these questions can feel are uh, really awkward if they're not your questions. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a list, there's a list, isn't there? The 10 best questions that you can ask at any networking function so that you don't do small talk. And I read down that list and I go, oh, gross, none of them sound like me. Um, what's one thing that you would like to say to someone, um, you know, who's somewhere big at the moment, or like all of these things. So I think you need to come up with them yourself. So I think the biggest thing is to be mindful and aware of what your conversations are like um and then think about how you could do them differently and there are questions like one thing that i maybe would say is there are questions that are big open questions and they make it really hard um, for the person to give you an, an answer someone that you don't know because they're big open questions but if mm-hmm. you can kind of make your questions a bit narrower and a bit more specific um then that it makes it easier for the person to answer
3: Thanks for that, Penny, that ties in what Jeanette was saying about being unique rather than just
5: reciting from a list. Yeah. Thank you. Cool. No
0: worries. And I think we definitely have to ask more people if they've stolen trains. I think it's just we're missing out on really golden opportunities (laughs) by not asking that.
5: (laughs) Because you're definitely told to not share information like that, Uh, not because you might be big noting yourself, but because you'll get in trouble with the police big time.
4: What is the statute of limitations on train theft in Australia? (laughs) <laughs> Al, you wouldn't know that, would you not?
5: I'm thinking
3: clearly it was once this guy had passed, he was safe.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just thinking more about the people on the podcast today.
5: <laughs> ah, i am that. Trains thieves do have a look about them, don't they? We just look around this room, the train thief look. <laughs>
0: Well, I've thought of the name for that podcast. It's called Full Steam Ahead. Um, anyway, let's, uh, let's, speaking of, <laughs> uh, let's, uh, we'll grab some uh, final thoughts because we've, we've, what a great conversation. We're going to have to have you back on, Penny, because we've got so much more to ask you. And I feel like a, we probably could do a whole other podcast on this exact topic. Um, but let's jump around the room and grab some final thoughts from people. So I might start with you, Graham. Any final thoughts on today's conversation and how to be 10 times more interesting every day?
4: Um, absolutely amazing, Penny. Thank you so much. Um... Being so Tasmanian, what a gorgeous way to start any sentence! What a <laughs> wonderful way to start any sentence. Uh, I, I love the the insight of the person who paid enough attention to um, share the TV remote sort of metaphor with you. Uh, and what a what a, an amazing opportunity for us to help turn up the value for others so that they can turn the volume down. I think it's spectacular. So thank you. It's been an absolute blessing to be part of this. Really appreciate it.
5: Thanks, Graham. And I'm sure that there's people listening who feel like they're saying the same things over and over again, banging their head up against the brick wall. And I'm sure you all work with people like that. So, you know, helping people know that they don't have to yell because yelling only makes you louder, not easier to hear. Um, helping them know that they can turn their volume down is just so validating and comforting.
4: Yeah, it is. Thank you. Can you, when you're talking about the you don't have to yell, can you just look directly to Danette when you say that, please? <laughs>
5: that's, that's, I'm on your side, Dinette. Don't worry if we have to pick sides. <laughs> I don't know. If, that's a mean thing to say. I've only just met you, Graham. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, amazing um well um uh danette i am actually just throw to you uh any final thoughts on today's conversation and how to be 10 times more interesting every day
2: what a what a great podcast penny i just have to say graham can you just duck for a second remember i was telling you about that tasmanian artist the
5: oh, yes. picture yeah. behind graham
4: as in quack quack or
2: no 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 oh, okay <laughs> remove my
4: head from the video <laughs> space but
2: so this is this is sue ellen sadie cook in Tassie, and she just creates amazing stuff. So that just reminded me I hadn't shown you what her stuff looked like. So oh, yes. everything, everything in today's session was fabulous. Thank you, Graham, John, very much for for ducking. You can unduck now. I loved your three points and just how, as the questioner or the answerer, how we can contribute better to those conversations to make them more interesting and. Just create that connection. So thank you so much. Awesome. We will definitely have you back if you'll come back
5: and join us. Thank you. Well, and just on that, I want to just for people listening, it can feel really hard to be interesting, like another job we have to do. I've got no time. All of this stuff on and on and on and on. And I get that. Um, so I don't want to give people another job. I just want them to think about what they're doing at the moment. And I, I think it's just good hygiene, good communication hygiene. Um, you know, like brushing your teeth. It's good hygiene, and if you don't brush your teeth, then uh, you know your breath becomes stale, and uh, people give you a bit of a wide berth. And I think it's the same um, with being in- interesting. If you don't brush your teeth and have good communication hygiene, then people start giving you a, a wide berth <laughs> because the things, your ideas, have got stale
0: amazing um also i'm going to recommend to people that uh wanted to see the image you can go to our spotify and watch this podcast so i would recommend that if you want to see the uh, art that we're talking about and we also do have a podcast with sue ellen um that you can check out to hear about sort of her background and we chatted to her about some artwork as well um john i'm going to go to you now any final thoughts on today's conversation and how to be 10 times more interesting every day
1: yeah for me there are a
0: couple of takeaways
1: but that boring answers reflect you know the unremarkable questions and that's i hate small talk but i think more because i go to the boring questions i go to the the very simple and you know i'm not really that engaged so therefore ask a simple question and get a simple answer i guess um and that we're trained to be boring. so yeah very much from a young age where kids would be outside playing mum and dad at the inside and you get the, the very simple questions from the the adults coming through that were repetitious and you go okay well that's what I've got to be and maybe I don't got to do that no more um so yeah the other takeaway is things may be grave but, but they don't need to be serious or boring
5: mm. yeah there's um an awesome uh, she's a Harvard trained neuroscientist called Lisa Genova and she's got a book called memory which is really cool oh called remember sorry it's called remember and um she says in that that our brains don't remember things that are boring and familiar which is Mm. most of our lives, right? Um, But they do remember things that surprise us, are emotional or meaningful. So if we want people to remember what we say, we need to surprise them. So do something different. Um, Connect it with an emotion (laughs) or make sure that it's meaningful. Yeah.
1: Yeah, okay. That opens up a whole different conversation. Yeah,
5: yeah. Yes, the surprise bit, uh, yeah, it does. But <laughs> there are good ways and useful, appropriate ways to do that. I was
1: thinking yeah. of exactly the same thing. I don't know of course. Of
5: course.
0: Amazing. And uh, thanks, John, and thanks, Penny. Um, I'll go to Al now. Al, any final thoughts on today's conversation and how to be 10 times more interesting every day?
3: Yeah, I really relate to what John was saying about, you know, we're doing what we were taught, you know, asking those boring questions is, you know, helping me find out the boring things. And the big thing changing in my mind is I would say I do a lot of weird things. I'm reframing that to I do a lot of interesting things now. Which, that's very different from the message my tribe was giving me.
5: Yeah, that's awesome. That's why they're paying attention to you, Alan. Sack the tribe, Al.
0: <laughs> the tribe, get rid of the tribe, put them on a train.
3: <laughs> and I'll drive. <laughs>
0: And Al, you're prepping yourself for Limitless season two, mate. We we know you're going to be the next, uh, the next Chris Hemsworth there. Uh, well,
3: well, the thing I noticed in that jazz was his mates came along and did the exercise with him. I reckon you and I would make a fantastic team.
0: That's it. I love it. <laughs> we'll we'll uh, reach out to Netflix shortly. I think that's a great idea. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Penny, any final thoughts on today's conversation and how to be ten times more interesting every day?
5: Just remember that you already are, so it's already there. Um, You just need to work out a way to get it out and to bring it out in others. Um, I want to kill boring. I don't think boring is a thing. Um, As as we've reflected on, we've been trained to be boring, particularly in the corporate world Um, for all really good reasons, really good reasons, most of them about risk um, and avoiding risk. Um, But just stop editing out your interesting bits. Um, I think that's, that's it. People don't want to know what you've read. They want to know what you've experienced. Um, know what you know and uh, be proud of it really
0: amazing well what a great conversation Penny we've really really enjoyed having you on it's been so good I've learned so much I feel like we've got great stories even like I feel like sort of even uh, utilizing what you've been talking about we got a great story out of Alan about a train driver a train robbery that we haven't got outside shows the sort of power of all these different questions and stuff. So that's amazing. Um, now, Penny, if someone's listening to this and they've gone, I want to get in contact with Penny. I've loved everything that I've heard. Where are the best places for them to uh, reach out to you?
5: Sure. So pennyterry.com, you'll find me there. Um, I've also got a podcast that I put out fortnightly, which is one story told in five minutes with a penny dropping moment every time and plenty of puns, obviously. It's just so cliched. Um, But it's called The Penny Drop and you'll find that wherever you get your podcasts. Um, It's just five minutes. Um, I've also got a newsletter and you'll find that if you go onto um, my website or just find me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty easy to find, Terry. It sounds like a name out of a kid's cartoon, Penny Derry, it rhymes. Anyways, so um, I'd love to hear from people. <laughs> Subscribe to the podcast, sign up to the newsletter. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on, everyone. It's been a really fun conversation with a bunch of interesting people, my goodness, <laughs> and a train theft. <laughs>
0: That's it. Well, um, Penny, we, um, all those links will be in the, uh, in the description of this podcast, so you can definitely go check them out. I'd recommend go checking out that podcast as well. I'm sure our listeners are going to love it. Uh, Penny, thank you so much for being on the podcast All our regulars, thank you so much for being on the podcast Great episode and everybody listening at home Have a magical week